It is recording, right? It's recording. It's good like, to go. If we go through this whole thing and it doesn't show up, <laughs> it wasn't because I didn't start. Uh, that'd be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Living and Learning. Uh, today's episode is called Fitness, Longevity, and Overcoming Injuries. And today we have a special guest on the show. It's our first guest episode, so we're you know going to new new heights here, living and learning. Our guest is Stephen Watts of Watts PT. You know, Watts PT is a, a PT stands for performance training, and he runs a performance training company here in Columbia. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks, David, for having me. Uh, I've been doing Watts PT for about a year now, and it's just something I've fallen in love with over the years. And helping people out is my main goal so let's get down to it yeah man awesome it's glad to have you here and uh you know you might some of you guys out there might be saying well david you already did a fitness episode why are we doing another one and the key is the thing is i mean it's just the tip of the iceberg i i told you guys episode one was fitness fundamentals that's the first first time i talked about fitness on here uh but that was just my opinion uh on how to do things so by all means, my opinion is not the only one, and we got Steven in here. He's got his own personal training company. He can definitely provide you guys some great insights, and not just you know fitness, not just what you should do in the gym, um, but what should you do before the gym, after the gym, outside of the gym. Uh, fitness is not just something. It's not just you know one hour, three days a week. Uh, you have to do things um, throughout the week to help you perform best, whether or not you're competitive, to help you perform uh, on the days you actually train. So, uh, since we have Steven, since you're here, I'm not, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to stop <laughs> doing all the talking. We're going to get right into it. Um, first question. So for all those people out there who, uh, I mean, they've worked out some before, but they're not sure how to, they haven't been able to get serious, haven't been able to get consistent with it. Um, what can you do to say that you work out? I don't know, maybe once a week, you maybe go to your apartment gym and do some, I don't know, run on the treadmill. What can people do to get serious and to really make fitness part of their lives? Okay, yeah, well, you know, it really comes down to, to mindset. You've got to really define what your goals are from the start, whether it's, you know, you want to be a competitive athlete or just like a weekend warrior per se who wants some general fitness. And, you know, you don't have to go in and kill yourself in the gym like five, six days a week. You know, all you really have to do is just get moving every day, whether it's 15, 20 minutes. Uh, doesn't take a long time. There's no excuse. And everybody should be doing it, especially if you want to live quality life well into your, you know, older years without having to worry about being uh, in a wheelchair or dealing with the number of surgeries or different things like that. So yeah, so like so say that I want to get started. Like, where do I start? Am I should I? I don't know. Should, what should I do? Should I do cardio? Should I do weightlifting? You know, should I try to? Maybe am I am I a girl? Should I? Is it not good for me to do weightlifting? Or should I? I see a lot of girls run on the treadmill, or do ellipticals, like and 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 guys. I see a lot of guys run too. Is that should I do that or where where should I start? Well, you know, that's not the worst place to start. Just going out and doing it is, is the most important part, I would say. But um, walking is, is a, you know, something that's overlooked quite often. And if you walk a lot in your daily life, you know, you might not think about it. But people who are sitting down a lot, if you're in like an office job and things like that, start walking 10,000 steps a day. It's something I preach. Um, that's why lower back pain is such a common complaint among Americans nowadays is because people are sitting down working all day and then, you know, their glutes are becoming inactive and they're not using them at all. So uh, start with the walking and start with body weight exercises, I would say. Um, for any females out there who are training, you don't have to worry about getting bulky from lifting a little bit of weights. That's not going to do anything for you unless you're you know, lifting heavy every single day and, and eating a caloric surplus um, above your maintenance level. So, you know, really just going out there, start out with like something basic, some push-ups, some squats, uh, work on some body weight rows, lunges, uh, steps, like anything really. So, so that's the main thing. So you're saying that, I mean, I have the biggest thing I talk, I hear, I mean, some from guys wondering, you know, I don't want to get... You hear it more from girls. I don't want to get too bulky. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard that's related to like testosterone. That guys just have a lot more testosterone, and so 
Um, when guys lift heavy weights, upper body weights, and eat a lot of protein and things like that, that your upper body will develop in a way. It'll develop fat. Not that a girl can't look like that, but is that have, is that uh, what you've heard too, or is that at all accurate? Testosterone. Uh, oh, most definitely. Um, guys will, you know, of course, have a much easier time just because of of those hormones, and you know. Uh, it takes it takes a long time anyways to to build that bulk and you know it's not something that you're going to do if you lift weights one day heavy and you're not going to wake up the next day and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) not going to have the big guns not going to have the pipes yeah that takes years and years I thought that was overnight man Rome wasn't built in a day (laughs) that's that's huge I I think I don't even know if I have a podcast on it yet but the patience like it's not even like it's not whether it's your career, whether it's money, especially in fitness. It's the whole, the patience of it all. There's no there's no thirty day abs. There's none of this garbage. The re, when you really start making progress in fitness is when you just start going because you like working out, because you like fitness, because you understand the importance of it in your life. It's you're really you make minimal progress when you're just thinking like, oh, I want to look. Five percent better in the mirror. I want that one. I want that one more bottom ab. I want that to show. I mean, maybe that'll motivate you for a week or two. But like fitness, right? Isn't fitness like a? This is a lifetime thing, right? It's most definitely a lifetime thing, and you know, you really got to find ways to enjoy it after a period of time. When I originally it started out, um, I just wanted to lose weight and I wanted to look better and feel more confident about myself and. As time goes on and I've gotten more and more into it, uh, health has become my number one priority and just living a very quality lifestyle, not having any movement restrictions. If I want to go like run as fast as I can, you know, one day when I have children or something like that, I don't want to ever have to worry about if I'm healthy enough to, to keep up with them or anything like that. And, um, and looking good and building that confidence eventually will become a side effect from just living that healthy lifestyle and finding different small things that you can do every day. Yeah, I love that, man. You do it for yourself first, and then you have benefits that obviously maybe you look better, so maybe you impress people. But at, at the first, the reason you go isn't to impress people. Maybe that's how you get started. Don't get me wrong. That's a great, say you feel you're feeling bad about your self-image. Fitness is fantastic, not just for your physical um, attractiveness, but just for the mental confidence and just being sure of yourself. Found that you did mention one thing that was I thought was interesting that I didn't know until I was years into working out. You mentioned that you know people sitting every day, maybe sitting in class, sitting at desk jobs, sitting on their laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I played sports uh, growing up. I played um, I played baseball, things like that. I ran, um, but can sitting in a chair for a long time really impact you know my body's potential to like to work out can is sitting down messing up my workouts is it preventing me from doing things like the squat or things like that i would definitely say if you're sitting for an extended period of time every day uh that could definitely cause some issues in the long run uh so kind of like a rule of thumb that i i have is like for every 30 minutes i'm sitting i try and get up and at least do five minutes of some stretching or some some different movements just get my body loose maybe even walk around it doesn't have to be anything special but uh, i would definitely notice a difference um, especially the more i do it that if i skip over that or if i'm been traveling um, in a car or something for a long period of time and then i go out and try and bust out some squats afterwards mm-hmm. yeah i'm gonna have to spend a lot more time on my warm-up and my mobility portion just to make sure i can hit that proper depth in my squat and make sure all the proper muscles are being activated and whatnot so right dude exactly i've had i had a lot of personal experience with this actually like <clears throat> for those of you out there who are squatting and who are doing big compound movements, and you all should be. Uh, those are <laughs> we'll touch on that. But uh, you know, if you're not squatting, you better be deadlifting. If you're not deadlifting, you better be deadlifting. That's <laughs> that's how I like to think about it. But as you start to do these more complex movements, um, you know, when you first start, you know, maybe you've just got the bar, or maybe you've got uh, 95 pounds on your back. You can probably walk into the gym um, and maybe bust out some squats with okay form. But as you start reaching your body's potential, uh, it becomes just more and more important, not just what you do while you're in the gym, but warming up at, you know, 
or say, yeah, you do get to the gym, but you know, when I get there, I spend at least 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes um, doing some dynamic stretches, getting my body right, getting my joints opened up so that they can move freely um, in a complex movement like the squat. You, you might see on Instagram, you might see on YouTube, just some big, you know, 300, 400, not, this isn't me, but 600 pound, you know, 800 pound deadlifts, things like that. Um, it's, it can be dangerous to not warm up before you go into some of those things. And so, Stephen, I just want to ask you, um, maybe I'm going out of order from what we talked about, but what's the, how important is warming up uh, in, in your workout routine? And can I just walk into the gym um, and just start my workout without warming up? Yeah, I would say that warming up really is, is more important in itself in the long run for, than the actual workout itself. Uh, just a little side note, one of the, the reasons that I spend so much time uh, working on warm-ups and trying to just figure out the best way to make sure I'm not getting injured on a day-to-day -day basis with high-intensity training is uh, back in the day, my, my dad used to be a power lifter, and he did some competitions and different things, and one day he was deadlifting, I think it was like 600 pounds. <laughs> he had already won the competition, actually, but of course he wanted to show off for my mom, so he wanted to do another rep. <laughs> Always the girl involved. Always the girl, yeah. <laughs> and after that, he destroyed his lumbar spine oh. because uh, he, you know, he wasn't doing the proper warm-ups and prevention techniques, and for the past 20 years, you know, uh, I've seen him do some physical therapy 15 to 20 minutes every morning just to make sure he can get through the day without excruciating pain in his oh. lower back and he's never been able to to deadlift the same or anything like that so wow that, that was one thing that really prompted me to to really focus on things like warm-up and, and stretching so <clears throat> anyways with my warm-up uh on like a daily basis for when i'm training there's really three things that i like to do and the, the first thing, and you can either do this right when you get out of bed in the morning or just spend five minutes um, before you start your warm-up officially, is getting all of your joints loose. So you want to take everything through a full range of motion. And uh, there's different things for each body part, but basically like for your hips, for example, you can look up online like hip circle or like the uh, fire hydrant. Uh, movement or the uh, donkey kickbacks um, for glutes as well like just things like that that really kind of get your hip in a full range of motion making sure that you know there's just no restrictions there so that's the, the first thing I get my neck my shoulders get your elbows your wrists like hips knees like your thoracic spine ankles you know get your feet moving some even like wiggle your toes whatever it is just get everything engaged and then after that I'll spend about another five to ten minutes doing more of a uh, general warm-up just raising my body temperature and also um, increasing my heart rate so that might just be you know walking on the treadmill for a couple minutes I, I like to use the uh, rowing machine and just do maybe like a 500 meter row and or some jumping jacks jump rope whatever it is really you could dance around as long as nobody's watching you if you're a bad dancer <laughs> if you're in a private gym maybe not yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe not if you're at golds yeah you might not want to be dancing around at golds you might get some looks <laughs> unless you're really good of course but, uh, if you're a great dancer by all means yeah put yeah. it on instagram or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then so after I finish that, I, you know, I've got a light sweat going. I'm not tired by any means, but I feel primed and ready to go. So then I have to examine what my moves will be for the day. So I want to do a specific warm-up that's going to target those areas and make sure they're all firing properly. So, for example, with the squat, I'm going to want to warm up my quads, my hamstrings, my glutes, also get my whole trunk involved and lower back, obliques, you know, abdominal area. And also getting the scapula involved in the upper back uh, to maintain that tension in the upper body. Making sure that I have, you know, a, a flat back angle while I'm squatting and everything like that. And that, depending on how complex your movements are for the day, that can range anywhere from like 5 all the way up to maybe 15 to 20 minutes. So it really varies how long you should be spending on those things every day 
but it's very critical that you don't skip any of those steps because they're all necessary to do that. And, you know, I've been following um, that for a little over two years now, and I never felt better. I don't have nearly the amount of small little nagging injuries that might come up over a period of time versus when I was kind of just doing a little bit here and there of each of those things, but I was never fully going through each one every single day. So, Right, right. So I guess I think this is a case for a lot of people that they don't necessarily may, – maybe they when you start working out, you just go right into the gym, no warm-up, no warm-down. Um, this is how I used to start at least. Maybe maybe uh, it's different for you guys, but what if you're not doing maybe? But what if you're not squatting? You're not del- you're not doing anything that's too stressful. Maybe you go in and hit the dumbbell rack. You get on the treadmill. You jog. Things like that. Um, maybe say you haven't had any uh, injuries or any sort of problems yet. Is it still important to warm up and warm down even if you haven't had any problems from just going straight into the gym? I definitely think it's critical that everybody does this regardless of where you're at with your fitness levels. And, and of course, yeah, you're not going to be spending 30 minutes on the warm-up, you know, if you're just going to go sit on the elliptical for like 20 minutes or something like that, you know. <laughs> it, it might be good to, to definitely go through the full ranges of motion and still maybe do one or two movements just for like 5 to 10 reps to, to get everything activated. And it's important because you're – teaching your body to really strengthen and kind of stabilize all these different areas that may never even be activated. Like the more and more I've worked on my fitness, the more and more I've realized that there are certain parts of my body that I wasn't actually using on certain parts of the lifts. And a very common example I can think of is with the pull-up. And with the pull-up, I see a lot of people, especially clients that I'm training, is they're pulling with their arms and the front of their body is very chest heavy, very bicep heavy, very forearm heavy, and they may develop a number of things, whether it's like elbow pain, any bicep tightness, chest tightness. And you know, by training and working on these specific warm-ups, you, you realize, okay, I can actually activate my lats a lot better uh, when I'm warming them up uh, beforehand. And then you know, when I'm pulling on the pull-up now, I can feel a huge difference on what's actually um, being utilized throughout it, and and it might not you know be very great in the short term because you're like, okay, I haven't really been working on this, so maybe I'm getting one to two reps in, but it's going to help you so much more in the long term. And and since we had talked about this is such a lifestyle commitment, you know, you want to be thinking about the long term in this. So, you know. Maybe you're doing two now, but I guarantee you a couple months from now, you might be doing 10 to 12, where you, whereas you were stuck at maybe like six to eight before. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's awesome, man. That's definitely like how, I like how I like to think about it is, you know, if you're going to be driving like a race car or something like that, you don't just turn the car on cold and then gun it, all right? This is not how, if you ever watched something like Formula One or something like that, I mean, they've got the cars, they're heating up the engines, they're heating up the tires, they're getting everything warmed up and ready to go. So when the time for the actual race comes, um, that you're performing at your peak levels. And even if you're not, you know, for a competitive power lifter, of course you want to perform at your peak levels. But even if you're doing it for recreation, you know, who wouldn't want to be in their best state while you're working out? So that you're running the fastest or you're lifting the most weight or even just that you're killing the workout and it's not as painful as it would be had you just come in cold and just jumped right into it. Um, and I think there's two, you know, it's not just about injuries. Now, warming up, for the, re- the reason I warm up, you know, I don't have a decision, okay? I will get injured. I get injured anyway when I'm warming up. My body, your genetics can be like that sometimes, especially if you, you know, haven't had really good coaching or something like that. Uh, you don't have, maybe you're not doing all the movements exactly how your body could be. But um, yes, you need to warm up so that you don't get injured and warm down so that you don't get injured. But if you can, if you warm up your joints and you warm up your muscles and you warm up your whole system, like you mentioned, raising your heart rate, raising, getting your body temperature right, which I've never thought about it that detailed before. Mm -hmm. But if you, it's like, you're not starting the car cold, you start it and then you warm it up. Um, You'll be able to get into better positions 
especially if you're a weightlifter, you're able to get into better positions in the squat, in the bench press, in the deadlift. If you're an Olympic weightlifter, in the clean, clean and jerk. In the, you, you, find me someone who can snatch, who can do a full snatch without warming up, because I can't, all right? That's the truth. Uh, yeah. But even if you don't, even if you're not deep like that, warming, warming up will help you get into a better position, which means that your body is able to basically produce the maximum amount of force or lift the most weight or lift the, lift a certain amount of weight for the most number of reps. Warming up is not just about injury prevention, though that's a big part of it. It's also about performance. And so maybe if it's your first month of working out, yeah, I bet you could get away with not warming up, but I also bet your knees are going to start hurting soon and everything. It's going to, working out is not just about how can I do the best today or this week or this month. It's how can I make consistent progress over my lifetime? And if you want to do that, you've really got to set yourself up for success rather than gamble it on your body not breaking down. Set yourself up with a proper warm-up. Proper. What about warm-downs? We talked about warm-up, uh, warming up your joints maybe. I like to use a band for my elbows and some for my and do some stuff for my hips, some, some squat-related motions. What about warming down? What, what should people be doing there? Yeah, and... These are areas that are so easily skipped in, in your average gym goer, you know's routine and, and they're so vital um, to that longevity. So with the, the warm down, cool down, whatever you want to call it, I think everybody needs to, to do that after the workout. And of course, it's relative with the intensity of your workout. All it needs to be is five, five minutes. It doesn't need to be a lot maybe 10 minutes, maybe 15. You could do five minutes of stretching. What I like to do is uh, make sure I'm stretching, holding some good static stretches. I might also use the band. Um, there's different types of stretching techniques out there, that, like PNF, for example, which yeah, is... what is uh, that? Um, a good example I can think of is like, if say if I did deadlifts that day, my hamstrings are naturally going to be a little tight from that. So I'll grab a resistance band. It doesn't need to be you know super heavy duty and I'll wrap it around my foot and um, I will pull on the band and I'll also push with my, my leg. So it's naturally going to be pulling my leg up towards me and I'm putting that force against it, which is like a stretch reflex. So you're gonna um, be applying that force there in that end range of motion. And then you let loose of the band, let your muscle relax 10 to 15 seconds, do it again and you'll realize that your range of motion has increased in just that short amount of time. And uh, I actually learned that myself from getting some deep tissue massages over the years. Mm -hmm. I had a friend of mine who, who showed me that. And once I started incorporating just something that simple into my, my cool down, uh, I noticed a huge result over the next few months with my general mobility um, for all my lifts. And another thing is like, foam rolling and things are, are becoming yep. more and more popular yep and uh, you know I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of those things but there's a lot of misinformation out there and from what i found personally my favorite time to foam roll is after i get out of the shower after i work out my body's still a little warm so i'll go sit on the foam roller find those tight areas just kind of roll out the knots maybe like a minute or two um per, per muscle group or whatever and then that kind of moves all the fluids around in your legs, get, gets those knots out of there, and then that's a great time to hold your your static stretches. You know, it could be two two minute stretch, it could be a five minute stretch, it could be a ten minute stretch, and then at that point, since you're not having all those knots in your in your leg, you're able to fully extend to your in range of motion, and you can just hold that, and that's going to help you a lot more in the long term than just like. You know, seeing some guy try and touch his toes after his workout for 10 seconds and then call it a day. Like, Classic. That's like yeah. a high school stretch. Like, exactly. you finish anything to touch your toes and you're done. Exactly. And so many people skimp over it. And it's such a, an important part. And looking back years ago when I first started, that's something I wish I would have known about to begin with. And, and, People are lazy about it, but please do it. You'll, you'll thank yourself in the long run. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to talk about two things you mentioned. Um, one, okay, again, guys, when I started working out, I didn't foam roll. You know, I, did, I didn't know what a foam roller was, okay? <laughs> um, I maybe did some stretches, some t touch your toes type stuff, kind of, you know, spread your legs and try to stretch it out kind of things. I didn't know what they were called. I didn't know what I was doing. I just try to 
or a stretch till I felt good and then work out. Um, the two things I like to touch, touch on are uh, when should you foam roll? You know, should I do it before my workout? Should I do it after my workout? Um, let's, let's just start with that because I know I personally, um, based on the research, I don't have any sources to back this up, so I apologize in advance. But I've read that I think there's a pretty good consensus consensus that foam rolling after your workout um, helps. I don't know, helps your recovery. I'm not gonna try to drop the terms because I don't remember them. Uh, it helps break down some tissue uh, in a good way in your body that helps you recover. And that foam rolling before your workout, um, I think it's mixed. Is some people recommend it, and some people say uh, no. It'll just make your muscles soft, and uh, you don't want to do it before your workout. What are your thoughts on that? Well, foam rolling is is something like i said that i enjoy uh you definitely don't need to do it but i think that it, it can definitely aid in your recovery big time you don't uh, need to what am i doing it for <laughs> well you know it will definitely help you out uh in the short term if you're feeling pain somewhere uh especially foam rolling like before bed or something like that i like to do uh my neck gets tight some some nights when i sleep um so i'll make sure that I do a little bit of foam rolling on my thoracic spine area to get that loose and then just hold a few stretches. Um, so, I mean, it can be valuable if you're using it properly. And before working out, you know, some people like to do it like you had mentioned. Uh, I've tried it that way. I'm not, not really a big fan, so I never do it before I work out. Yeah, me neither. I, I used to. I stopped, but yeah. Yeah, I, you definitely want to make sure your body's warm. So, you know, don't immediately do that first thing when you get into the gym. That's why I say to do it when you get out of the shower because your body is naturally going to be in a warmer state from the hot water. Cool, so cool. you can jump right into it a little bit easier versus if you're you know, walking into the gym from straight from the office or something like that and hop on the phone roller. Probably not a good idea, especially you'll be getting um, that, that tissue kind of loosened up a little bit and you, you might get a better range of motion, but you haven't been strengthening your body in those new positions yet. So it might cause more harm than good in, in certain cool. instances. Cool. And so what about stretching too? So I specifically like static and dynamic stretches. Um, first off, What's the difference? Um, and should I, you know, which one should I do before my workout? Which one should I do after my workout? Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah. Yes, most definitely. Uh, I prefer dynamic stretches. So as I mentioned earlier with the warm-ups. Uh, what is a dynamic stretch? Right? <laughs> dynamic stretch really is just some type of stretch that you're, you're staying moving. You're not holding anything for an extended period of time. Um, so like... For example, a lot of football players, they love to do high knees, butt kicks, Frankenstein, karaoke, things like that. Those are all, all good dynamic movements that you should be doing before your workout. It's not really good to hold those long static stretches uh, before your workout for the same reason you might not want to foam roll for an extended period of time as your body's cold. You know, you're actually breaking down a little bit of um, the muscle tissue when you're holding those stretches. So... It's almost like you're not going to be able to perform at the highest level, you know, that you could if you were doing these dynamic stretches, and you're not going to be sweating and increasing your core temperature and elevating your heart rate if you're just holding a stretch for a couple minutes. That's why you got to stay moving before, and and dynamic yeah. stretches are good all the time too. You should also do them after your workout cool. and, and and hold some static stretches after your workout too. It's not going to hurt you. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, I definitely. I can vouch for what Steven just said. Like I do, I do dynamic stretches uh, before I start. I kind of warm up my hips, warm up elbows, knees, really get my joints right, and just get. Uh, it helps my body feel those positions better. So when you're down in a heavy squat with a lot of weight in your back, um, your body you've already opened everything up. So you're used to, you know, you're, it's not like you're hitting the limit of your body's mobility. It's not like you're. This could happen if you know if you, especially if you didn't warm up. You know, it's not like your bones are colliding or like. <laughs> Uh, you've hopefully stretched everything out, but I love doing dynamic stuff before I work out. Um, and for me, I foam roll after it and some static stretches after definitely just help keep you mobile. And again, mo and why is mobility important again? It's, it's really important just for making sure you're getting in the best position possible for all your lifts. And like I said earlier, in the short term, it might, uh, it might look like it's going to be a lot harder doing it that way because, you know, you're not used to it. So you might have to decrease your weight by 25 to 50 percent. But 
your long-term goals are always going to be your most important thing and being in a better position is going to make sure that your whole body is being utilized and making sure that you're going to be able to lift the, the most amount of weight possible in the strongest way possible. I love it, dude. No, exactly. Short-term and long-term benefits. Mm-hmm. And so here's an age-old question. Um, I'm going to ask it really generally first uh, to see what happens. Um, I want to get in shape. Should I squat and should I deadlift? Or should I just go do some other weight stuff in the gym? Squatting and deadlifting, I, I'm a firm believer that those, those are two of probably the most important, the most important moves. Uh, Damn right. Squat, <laughs> squatting is my my number one for sure, and and like I hear all kinds of people say, oh well, you know, I don't want to squat all the time. I want to work on my upper body too. Well, squatting is gonna increase your body's testosterone production, and, and same with deadlifting more than any of those other movements are. So you're actually going to be probably having a better chance of increasing your upper body mass um, if you're doing those versus if you're just leaving them out and just focusing on upper body with like bench press, shoulder press, rows, pull-ups, and whatnot. So Definitely, man. And again, it, it always depends on your goals a little bit, but at the foundation of any, especially a strength program, but also just, if especially if you want to say get in shape or look a little bit better, these big compound lifts, and by I say compound movements, I'm talking about the squat, the bench press, the deadlift things like this. Um, what about people who maybe maybe you've tried squatting, you, you tried deadlifting and it hurt your back or I don't know, squatting, it hurts your knees every time. Bench press, it's hurting your shoulders. If you're having, maybe, maybe you're aggravating some of these joints. Uh, say I come in and I'm, I don't know, my knees have been hurting from squatting. Should I, you know, am I just not built for squatting? Should I try to ditch it and just swap it out with leg press? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, everybody is going to be squatting at some point or another in your life, and that's like just... Not, like not inside the gym? Everywhere? Everywhere. You know, whether you're just picking up something that you dropped on the ground, or if you're trying to maybe squat under, you know, something so you can crawl under it or whatnot, you know, there's so many different applications of it. It's like, if you can't squat and get to a full range of motion in or outside the gym, then you're going to mm-hmm. run into a problem at some point or another. And I definitely see a lot of people who might complain of like knee pain or something and they want to find an alternative to still work on their legs but not have to do that movement. And what and that's not bad in the short term, but you can't just say, okay, well, I've hurt my knees a little bit. I'm not going to squat for the rest of my life. And that's something you need to, to make sure you can fix. Yeah, dude, I gotta, I gotta jump in and build on top of that. Like I have, I mean, I, people tell me all the time, like, oh, I hurt, you know, why are you, like, why are you squatting? I've heard, or why are you deadlifting? I heard I, my friend hurt their back. You mentioned your dad, you know, hurt, hurt his back doing that. Like, or my, I think honestly, my mom was the biggest one. She's like, hey, just make sure you don't lift anything too heavy. You might hurt your back, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mom. Half of America hurt their back sitting at a desk because they don't know how to sit. Like learning how to get in positions and strengthening muscles around your spine or in your like just strengthening your overall posture and your your body structure. Um, that can you know doing things like the squat, the deadlift, if done properly, right? Can that help prevent you know the, America's number one? Uh, I guess pain problem, back pain, and I don't have the statistics, but <laughs> can, you know, will squatting and deadlifting help prevent back pain in some cases? Most definitely if you're doing it right. Um, you know, 95%, I would say, of, of the injuries out there, you know, don't hold me to that specific number. <laughs> yeah, but. we don't have the statistics here. Sorry. Living and learning doesn't have the data yet, but we'll get there. That's right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's like, you know, most of your injuries that you're going to encounter at some point or another are based off your lifestyle and your, your posture. So that's why a lot of times you have to first examine the posture. You might be able to fix the hurting knees in the short term, but like, why were they hurting in the first place? Is it because yeah. of your form are you not pushing your knees out enough you know in your squat or maybe on on a day-to-day basis are you tending to shift your weight more on the front of your your legs versus you know utilizing your glutes and your hamstrings um 
And, you know, there's exceptions, of course, if you have some sort of trauma-related injury, if it's like a motorcycle accident or something of that sort, you know, you might you might need to go get that looked at by a professional and yeah, please know, do <laughs> yeah please, definitely please do i mean it will never hurt to have somebody else's opinion on those things but a lot of times people just neglect the the lifestyle aspect of it and then they look up 20 years down the road and they're still dealing with it and they're like okay let me go on to surgery you know number two number three at this point and it's like if you would have just spent five to ten minutes a day doing these small little different exercises strengthening exercises and stretching the the proper areas then that could have definitely been avoided in the long run and save you lots of money as well yeah sure so i've, I've definitely had thoughts like this before where it's like <clears throat> do it should i is you know obviously weightlifting can make me look bigger and stronger you know mm-hmm. next year or a couple of years but uh, does getting under all these heavy weights, uh, doing co- squats, deadlifts, complex movements, you know, is this going to make me not able to walk when I'm 60 or 70? You know, is this going to, all this constant pressure, am I going to have bad knees when I'm 70 because I've been squatting too much? I think it would be the opposite. If, if you're really, if you're really working on, you know, these small imbalances, like I had mentioned, then you're going to actually be stronger than ever. And, and squatting, like I said, is a natural human movement and you've got to keep doing it. And, and it might not necessarily be with a ton of weight, but as long as you're doing it, that's what counts. And, and I think your knees will definitely uh, thank you in the long run. And I know some people that have been lifting for 30 plus years and they walk fine. And then I also know other people who've been lifting for 30 plus years and they can't walk. And that's all dependent on what they were doing outside of the gym. And, you know, just those small little things that all these people are skipping and overlooking because you're not dealing with the problem now. But you've really got to think about what you're going to be dealing with later. Sure, man. I love that. It's definitely like you want to approach things with a preventative mindset of let me prevent, let me do the warm up, let me do the things that's, let me do them early and often. Let me not wait until I get injured to do these things, but let me make it part of my lifestyle. I've definitely heard that. Um, so this is interesting. So even after, obviously, you can look good and and healthy and young when you're actually 25 years old or something like that. But what about um, when you're 60? When I'm not talking like 40s, but like 60s and 70s. Um, I've actually, so what I've read is that, you know, when you're a young, especially you're a young male, your body can produce a lot of human growth hormone. Um, and one thing that increases how much growth hormone you secrete is how much as heavy weightlifting. So heavy weightlifting induces uh, more growth hormone, a secretion. And what I've read is that at age, I don't know, maybe 30 or so, your body kind of slows down and stops producing that, which might explain why people, <laughs> not a lot of people go on big growth spurts at age 40. So that's kind of like, <laughs> I, I'm imagining that's related. Um, but the one thing that can, even after you turn 30, that can cause growth hormone secretion, from what I've read, is heavy weightlifting. Uh, and so I think, um, I don't know, maybe you can comment on this. I think that one thing that like if you are older, if you're not 25 and don't, you're not 25 and alive anymore, you know, can heavy weightlifting keep you ha- having a youthful, you know, having a young, healthy body? Is that something that's possible? Yeah, uh, there's a few factors that I would say determine that. Uh, if you're a guy who has been lifting heavy all throughout his life, has a ton of experience with those things, then you're probably not going to run into as many issues when you're older doing that just because you're used to it. But say a guy who is starting out there, maybe in his 50s or 60s, really getting into fitness at that point in time, he's going to definitely need to exercise a lot more caution and build it up slower than your average like 25-year-old guy who can kind of jump in there and he might be making 5 to 10 pound increases on his lifts every single week, whereas this older guy may only be doing 5 pounds a month. But don't let that discourage you because it's vital and I mean you don't always have to be lifting you know five six hundred pounds on deadlift if you're like 60 years old I mean you could just lift you know 225 pounds or something like that and you're still you're still going to be getting a lot of those same effects and you know you're you're definitely going to benefit benefit from it so awesome man yeah totally agree it's just if you're doing the movements correctly uh, these things uh, can really promote longevity and make you you'll feel better you'll look better even as you age uh, and so kind of switching gears here i uh, you know i work out 
for me, I found my sweet spot working out. I like lifting heavy weights three times per week. This is, seems to be what works for me best. I don't want to go in the gym four times a week, but I also don't want to go twice a week. There's something, three is kind of like the sweet spot for me. And I wanted to ask you some about your routine. Can you kind of like start to finish? We've talked about some warm up stuff. We've talked about warming down after your shower. Uh, right now, I guess in your life, one, what, what are your goals right now? Uh, if you have any specific ones and then kind of just walk me through your, your routine. Sure. So my goals, uh, typically will shift from each season. So, you know, spring and summer, I want to make sure I'm looking a little bit leaner, getting ready for the beach, you know, making, nah. making sure my performance is up. You beach know. bod. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, my friends want to go out and play a game of football or something like that while it's, while it's warm out. I want to make sure that I'm focusing a little bit more on those things uh, in that time period, whereas in like winter and fall, I may be wanting to do more of like a bodybuilding style routine and gaining some mass when I know I'll be wearing more clothes and people don't have to see all the extra little fat rolls that might be developed <laughs> in the meantime. Something like that. Uh, that's, the, that's the cooler, man. That's the insulation. That's, that's what keeps right. you warm. That's, that's right. That's definitely true. So, you know, and it's definitely very important, of course, to have your goals for everything. So... I'm not, you know, doing any competitions at this point in time, but one thing that I'm focusing on right now that something I've struggled with throughout my whole life is long distance running and uh, gymnastic style movements. So I'm working right now on increasing my endurance for my runs and also increasing my ability to get myself into a freestanding handstand, working on things like muscle ups jumping, you know, backflips, whatever it is. So cool, cool. Uh, that, that's something I'm focusing on right now. That's awesome, man. Yeah, really getting a good, it seems to me like you get a good balance and really keep your body. Uh, and it's it's not just like you can lift heavy weight, but you, I couldn't put you on a track. It's not like that at all. It's like, it seems like a very well-rounded, you're, um, you know, you're able to jump, you're able to do muscle ups, you're able to run. Is that, is it necessary to hit all those areas or can I just focus on just long distance running or just weightlifting. Yeah, and that definitely goes back to still what your specific goals are. Uh, for me, I, I just like to be a well-rounded individual and it also keeps it exciting for me since I've been doing it for years now. I originally started out with more of like a bodybuilding and powerlifting style programs and as I got more into it, it's like I want to make sure I'm doing something a little bit different every day. So that's why I'm really focusing on these weaknesses. And also I know if I decide in the future that I want to enter a few competitions, yeah. that I'm not going to have to sit there and panic and work on all these things to catch up and make sure I'm at least, you know, able to meet the minimum requirements. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, so I already have a good baseline set up and, and everything like that. So then I can just spend a little bit of time working on what I think is most necessary for that specific competition or whatever it may be and making sure I'm primed and ready to go. Cool, man. Yeah. And speaking of competitions, shout out to my buddy Gerard Smith. He's about to do his first powerlifting competition, not this weekend, but next weekend. So I just had to give my buddy a shout out. He's about to get in there and do some 500 plus pound deadlifts. And for 21, I don't know, maybe you're 22 now, Gerard, I don't know. I just wanted to shout my man out because I've been lifting for three, powerlifting for three or four years and still haven't done a competition. So for all you guys out there who haven't competed, uh, maybe you should look into it. For everyone who has competed, come talk to me because I don't know anything about it. And I really am interested in doing that. Um, how about Steven, how about, so we talked about warming up, we talked about kind of what you should do in the gym a little bit, how many days, warm down. What about outside the gym? How important uh, is taking care of yourself when you're at home, you're at work, I don't know, when you wake up, what's, what's important outside of the gym? Yeah, outside of the gym is really where all the gains are going to be made. I would say it's probably about 70% uh, of what goes on. Hey, sorry guys, we actually, our audio cut off. Uh, part of the way through so we were talking about outside of the gym talking about nutrition things like that we got cut off but we're just going to jump right back into it um so steven you were talking about outside of the gym we talked about warming up talked about working out uh warm down what about outside of the gym is things like how important are things like sleep um and to take and taking care of yourself to and nutrition especially uh to making gains so is is working out the only important thing if i get the weights right am i good or what right so you know, I always like to think about that 
pretty much 70% of all your progress is going to be made outside the gym. And you commonly hear like abs are made in the kitchen, you know, nutrition is king, <laughs> things like that. And, it, and it's pretty true. And, you know, you're breaking down your muscle in the gym, so you got to build it back up outside. And nutrition, of course, is valuable. So you want to make sure that you're getting the proper amount of macronutrients, which are your proteins, your carbohydrates, and your fats to fuel whatever your goals may be. And then also getting the proper amount of micronutrients from things like fruits, vegetables, or perhaps a supplement to make sure um, that you're getting the vitamins and minerals that you need to recover so you can go back in there and feel great the next day and continue to make progress. And things like uh, sleep, are extremely valuable everybody should be getting like eight hours of sleep if you're working out hard like you need to do that and uh, if you can't quite get eight hours at a time it's okay to take like a 30 minute nap in the middle of the day that's something I, I like to do myself and there's a lot of different other things you can do for recovery you could go get a deep tissue massage you could go sit in an epsom salt bath um, and soak in there for like 30 minutes that's something i love to do um, cool. The stretching that we had talked about earlier, of course, are going to definitely help you out. And there's so many new things like with technology, you've got football players and cryotherapy right. chambers. There's like infrared um, therapy. There's there's so many different things. So and it's only going to continue to get better. I, I would say. So. Yeah, yeah. And you touched on things like micronutrients, which I guess I haven't put. I put a lot more focus on uh, macronutrients. Uh, you mentioned supplements. So one, what supplements do you take? And two, how important are they to the, I guess, average average bro or girl weightlifter uh, runner? How important are supplements? Right. So, you know, make sure that your diet is taken care of first. You don't want to just add in a bunch of supplements to fix all these gaping holes in, in your nutrition plan. And when you say... Um, you know, when you when you finally feel that everything is where it should be as far as your nutrition goes, then you can start considering adding in a few supplements. And there's a vast market out there of all kinds of different ones saying you need this, this, and that. And from what I've found, there's really only a few that I prefer that I've actually seen some solid results from. And those are a multivitamin, um, getting your fish oil or krill oil, Love it, uh, love it. Protein, uh, some whey protein is what I like. Or you can get an isolate uh, blend, casein, whey, whatever. I, just getting some protein is very helpful in meeting those daily macronutrient goals instead of having to always cook all the time. And then creatine is um, another one that I'm a big fan of. And uh, you, you can take it a long, you know, long term, but you need to make sure you're drinking a lot of water with it. Um, I personally like to do it when I'm trying to bulk up. Uh, not necessarily as much when I'm trying to cut weight. So Got it, got it. Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense. Creatine, <laughs> I would imagine you want to do that when you're in a growth phase and mm -hmm. not trying to reduce everything. Um, yeah, I definitely agree with what you said. Like um, Supplements could be important if you're a competitive weightlifter, then every last percent makes a, every last pound makes a difference. But for most of us out there who are working out to stay in shape, to be fit, even I'm a recreational powerlifter. I go in the gym to lift as much weight as I can, but I don't compete. You know, um, things that I do, I fish oil, multivitamins, uh, whey protein isolate, the same, basically everything you said. The only thing that I haven't done is creatine. And I have, I can't, I, from what I've read, creatine does work. Um, I think there's a certain, there's a small percentage of the population who are non-responders to creatine, but for most people, creatine's def, you know, you might have heard of that. Uh, it's definitely, val it's a, a valid way to, I guess, to put on size, is that, was that? Yeah, it's great for some size and strength and muscular endurance, and, you know, I'm no specific expert in a lot of these <laughs> uh, supplements, but there are options with creatine out there. There's creatine monohydrate, which is just kind of your basic thing, then, You've got some different blends, and uh, you also got to be very careful when you're purchasing your supplements. There's a lot of companies out there that will have these proprietary blends, and it doesn't exactly tell you how much of each ingredient is being used in there. So it might have a small amount, but you might not be getting the effective amount. So that's why it's good to research your supplements. I like ones that are approved by the FDA. I personally... 
um, have used a few different ones over the years, but the one that I use now is by a company called Pure Encapsulations, mm. and they're FDA approved, and it's great for me because it has um, a pack, and you open the pack, and it has all of your vitamins you need for the day, and it also has your creatine in there, your fish uh. oil, energy cofactors, and, and different things like that, so... I just grab that. I'm on the go, and I, I like to take it after I work out. And um, there's all my, all my micronutrients and all those extra things that I need um, added in right then and there. Cool, man. No, that's awesome. It's definitely like you got to make sure you get everything. But uh, almost all of these supplements that are being marketed to you, you really, and especially this is why the fitness industry gets such a bad rap, is that you have to know who's talking to you and what their interests are. And most of the time, they're selling some sort of supplement. Um, you guys, if you're, if you're just trying to build muscle, lose, cut fat, look a little better, things like that, get the six-pack abs, you don't need test boosts. And by the way, I'm about to ruin all the chances for sponsorship on this show. No one's gonna sponsor me after saying this. Because look, there's no money in telling people, oh, working out is simple. There's no money in me telling you, you don't need test boosts, you don't need all these super isolate blends. You know, you, you need... Pro, you need to eat protein, whether or not you're getting it from a protein shake or whether or not it's 30 minutes after your workout. You need to, and I didn't talk about this yet, you need to lift heavy weights and you need to recover from lifting heavy weights. Because again, we just talked about supplements. I want to get into some nutrition stuff and expand on that. You mentioned that nutrition is king. Um, one thing I like to think about is, by the way, yeah, nutrition is definitely like 70 or 80% of the formula. You can't just lift weights. It's about the recovery process. But I like to think of this thing in three, in terms of three steps. I talked about this on podcast episode one, but uh, for me, it's calories, content, timing. When I talk about calories, I mean this is how much, how many calories you're consuming. This is just, this is input, output. This is, it's math. I, I did a diet. Uh, it was an eight-week diet before Thanksgiving. <laughs> I quit on Thanksgiving because I realized I had no shot. Um, but it was supposed to be an eight-week diet, and I got lucky. It ended right on Thanksgiving, so I could enjoy that. But the whole diet was how many calories am I burning? How many am I consuming? And then, and then I literally monitored everything I was eating um, and figured out how much I was consuming. And I realized, oh, I can lose half a pound or like a pound a week if I just consume X amount of calories less than I burn. So say I burn, I think I burn like 22 or 2300 naturally. I think that's conservative. I, I didn't want to overdo it. So I figured if I, if I mess up, I'm going to diet too much as opposed to not enough. I think I was eating maybe, I don't know, it depends, 300, maybe three or 400 calorie deficit on my rest days and maybe at my, at, at 2300 on my workout days. Now that's probably, realistically, that's lower than I should have been doing, but I figured I'd, if I was gonna miss, I would miss lower. Um, but calories, content, timing. I wanna talk about this. So calories is how much you're consuming. Um, then content, part of that's macronutrients. So we talked about protein, fats, carbs, but part of it's also like, what are you eating? Are you eating, you know, not all food is created equal necessarily. Like, well actually, is it is it the case? Is all protein protein? Like is a steak the same as a protein shake or does it, you know, what's broccoli versus chips? Like, you know, like, do I need to eat healthy foods or can I just hit my macros? You know? Yeah. And that goes back to the whole things with the micronutrients too, is, you know, you want to opt for the best possible fuel for your body. That's just like, you know, you're trying to put regular fuel into a a vehicle that uses diesel or something you know, it's just not gonna run properly and you need to make sure that you're getting the optimal fuel so for my proteins for example I'm always opting for things that are like grass-fed and I want a leaner content so my my meat uh, my beef might be like 90% lean 10% fat uh, I prefer leaner cuts of steak I like um, flank steak top sirloin is a good option um, and also you want good fish in there like salmon is one of my favorites yeah. lots of good fatty acids from there I, I love salmon yeah salmon is great uh, tuna fish is good to add in um, of course chicken turkey um, you can add in some pork gotta have the bacon in your yeah. diet every once in a while we're in the south baby you gotta have some bacon that's right you <laughs> definitely do and uh, and you know a little bit of pizza here and there ain't gonna kill you gotta of course enjoy it but you know 
don't make it a habit every single day uh, to be eating those things. You want to make sure you're getting quality, quality foods and, and the vegetables, you know, they're, they're low in calories, um, but, and they'll fill you up, but they're very good to have. And I don't even calculate vegetables a lot of times in my daily mm. macronutrient goals. Um, I just eat as much as possible with as different varieties possible. I love different colors, uh, colors of the rainbow. You know, you oh, want, cool. yeah. want all kinds of different ones because they provide different nutrients within them. And all those things together will definitely aid uh, in better performance when you get back into the gym. Sure, yeah, yeah. Part of it, you know, it's part of it is performance and aesthetics and looking better. <clears throat> part of it, as we've been talking about this whole episode, is longevity. You know, eating healthier foods, eating lots of fruits and vegetables, things like this. Um, it's not just about looking better in six months or next year. It's about still being able to walk when you're 88 or 98. Or this is 2018, man. People are going to live till they're like, what, like 130 now? Like when you're 115, you know, are you still going to be able to squat? I hope I so. Mean, I hope so. <laughs> I hope we're still putting up numbers. Yeah, man. Um, and I can't remember if I said this or not already, but you talked about, you know, you want to eat healthier foods in general. But I think we both agree that it is sometimes it's okay to have a, a, a cheat meal or just, you know, I, when I was on my diet, I was every night I would eat three spoons of ice cream. Like it was low calorie ice cream. It wasn't too bad for me, but I'd make sure I'd have 70 calories left or something like that. And every time that I would, I would go and I'd eat three spoons of ice cream just cause I was on a diet and it would make me feel better. And I thought that it was more important that adherence, that consistency, that diet, that maintaining the diet was more important than just screwing off and saying, you know what, if I'm going to miss it, I'm going to miss it. I'm just going to, I'm going to blow the whole day and, and blow the diet. Like it's, is it okay to have a spoon of ice cream here and there? Is it, is it, is it okay to cheat? Uh, I think it's, it's really important to have those cheat meals. <laughs> Steven Watts. Yes. It's okay to cheat. Yeah. <laughs> put that one, on, put that one on the wall. Now, now don't make sure my, you take my advice the wrong way and start <laughs> yeah, having about, a little cheat meal every day. It, it's about fitness guys. This is not, yeah. <laughs> this is not relationship advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, you know, good, good. You're having your ice cream. If that's, if that's what's going to make sure that you stay disciplined the next few days and eating clean and, you're not looking forward to those vegetables, but you are looking forward to that ice cream. Well, reward yourself because you've been working hard and you, and you definitely deserve that a little mental break. It'll refuel your motivation and everything like that. Um, and also, you know, you got to live a lifestyle that's active. You can't just stop living life and be the guy who's getting a kale salad every time your friends <laughs> want to go out. Baby. Yeah. You know, so enjoy yourself, but don't let it take over everything that you've worked so hard to achieve. So if you do one little cheat meal a day, get right back to your diet afterwards. Don't just make it a cheat weekend or something, binge hard, and then on Monday you feel horrible and you're like, okay, let me get back to my diet. Because essentially you've wasted all of your efforts from the last week and you destroyed it by, you know, eating and treating your body horribly all weekend. Yeah, man. So. A lot of that, you know, you, <laughs> you can't be hanging out with your buddy Jim Beam all weekend and expect to, <laughs> to one to just be, to feel healthy at all. And you're not going to perform in the gym if you and Jack and Jim have been, uh, <laughs> been drinking out downtown, right? That's um, right. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And so uh, we've talked a lot about what to do in the gym, what to do out of the gym. I want to ask you just a little bit about, so you run Watts PT. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of people, especially this is the age of entrepreneurship, uh, especially with the internet. Um, how did you, so I, I bet the fitness started as a hobby and then it became a lifestyle. How did you make this, uh, how did you turn this into a business and what kind of gave you the courage or the, you know, the belief that you could do this as a career? Yeah, so when I had originally started, I would have never thought, you know, in a million years that I was going to end up uh, making a business out of this whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, at, growing up, I played some sports here and there, but I, I was never super serious about anything in particular, and I was never really even a big fan of um, physical fitness. I remember one of my most dreaded days of every school year is when we had to do the mile run test, and I was always thinking, oh man, how can I get out of this or something instead of just working on getting better for it in general. So uh, as I got better within fitness, I continued um, to learn, continued to grow, and I realized that 
there are so many people out there who are doing it wrong and I was starting to learn from my own mistakes um, over the years that I, I could make a big difference in their lives and another huge thing that influenced me was seeing um, like my dad who had that injury and also other fit people in my family when they were younger and now they can't get to that level because they've had all these different injuries so I was like you know I never want to be like that and that's why I started Watts Performance Training as a way um, to help spread that good message and everything and as far as the business side of it goes um, you know I pondered with the idea a few years and after I graduated college I really decided that I was going to make it happen and I got it established as an LLC and you know get things like insurance and all that good stuff to make sure you're taken care of on those ends um, and then really developing a solid system of how I can effectively help people and also finding ways of how we can um, measure measure your progress through various forms of um, evidence so that goes beyond just taking progress photos and you know weighing yourself and finding where your body fat is but also uh, finding other factors like how is your aerobic capacity increasing mm -hmm. like if you're doing a strength and conditioning program let's see exactly what lifts have increased the most and like where, you, where you're feeling your best or if you're like trying to do some sort of corrective program um, to work on injuries and imbalances like can we see a big difference in, in where your mobility was and your stability was you know, six weeks ago, whereas um, it is now. So there's a lot of different things um, that go into it. And I'm always continuing to learn, always continuing to try and get better. And the more and more I learn, sometimes you realize the less you know. And <laughs> even the smallest guy in the gym, you know, take a second and maybe listen to him because he could teach you something that you <laughs> might not have thought about before. And that could be your breakthrough point. But if you're too proud... To, to not do those things and you may miss out on something critical. That's awesome, man. The, like the humility of it, that there's no one that you can't learn from. There's no one who doesn't have, you know, maybe advice that can, that they can offer you that really like, it's not just like, oh, I figured it out because I watched a few videos on YouTube when I squat every, every, you know, once a week. It's that there's other people there in the gym. Um, but what about like the bro, what about bro science, man? How do I, how do I filter out the, the, BS, the BS, man? It's bro science. You know? <laughs> yeah, there, there's quite a bit of it out there, and as as technology and things are getting better, we're we're definitely starting to, um, you know, have that divide between the bro science and what actually works. And you know, if you're listening to this podcast at this point, you're already making a step in the right direction because you're finding more and more ways to achieve your goals on a daily basis, and uh, you know get opinions from different people, different sources, you know, I, I've i learned all this stuff from my own experience, listening to great people who know way more than I do, and also listening, like I said, to, to the people that might not seem like they know as much, and, and they've taught me some valuable things as well along the way. That's awesome, man, yeah, like, it's a... If you're super, if you're, if you get obsessed with fitness, like, like I did, like I was, you know, maybe you, I personally just like all my free time be watching YouTube videos, instructional videos, doing research, reading scientific articles, figuring out diet, figuring out if you are just completely obsessed, you know, and that's what you want to spend all your time on, you know, maybe you can figure it out with the internet, but, uh, maybe if you don't want to spend every second, you know, every waking second, if it's not. If you're not as passionate, like kind of like that, uh, reach out to people or find find help. You know, Steven's very knowledgeable. I got we get this is the point where you got to plug Watts PT, right? I mean, this is if you need to find a trainer, you need to find someone who can help you with this. Um, Steven's local. He's in Columbia. He can help you. He can show you the ropes. If you're if you're just starting out, um, or if you're or if you're intermediate, or if you're if you're making progress. Um, you know, yeah, is it possible to do it all on your own? Yeah, it's possible, but it's a big time commitment. And if you want to you make these these big jumps where you jumpstart, where you, you know, you, your progress multiplies and make, uh, you don't want to have to make all the mistakes yourself. Um, it seems to me like, you know, Stephen, you're very knowledgeable. Uh, it seems to me like Watts PT could help. 
Most definitely. I, I wish that I had um, had a coach earlier on because I originally started just kind of learning from internet routines and different things and a little bit of trial and error. So that would have probably saved me four to five years of just kind of, you know, going in there and just kind of half-assing what I would be doing and um, also avoiding some injuries and different things like that. And as far as Watts PT goes, I, I offer a number of online programs. Uh, if you're not local to Columbia or if you are and just want something that can go straight to your phone, I have an app and, and it sends what your workout for the day is. You have videos for all the movements and instruction from myself on what you need to be doing. And uh, you can go on my website, www.wattspt.com. That's I've got, the plug. What's right. wattspt.com. That's right. You got, you got an Instagram? I've got an Instagram. It's watts underscore PT. Boom. So check it out. I've also got my Facebook page up and everything like that. And I've got a blog with information. And also, if you're local to the area and want to train, whether you're somebody who's never stepped foot in the gym or if you're somebody who's elderly, you know, maybe you're 60 plus years old, that's perfectly fine too. I train a number of clients, uh, females as well, um, that are above that age. And also, if you're maybe an athlete getting ready to start your football season, you know, and you want to work on some weaknesses over the summer or different things like that to improve your on-field performance, then look no further because I can definitely help you out with all those things. There you go. Awesome. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for being on the podcast, man. This has been great. I really appreciate you having me, David. Thank you. Yeah, great. Awesome, man. It's hopefully you guys have got some uh, got some good pointers, good tips, good advice, not just on what to do in the gym, but you know, this is a fitness is a lifestyle. It's not just what happens while you're literally while you're at the gym. It's what happens before you get there, right when you get there, while you're working out, what you do after you work out, how you recover how you eat, how you sleep. This is not just important for performance and for injury prevention, but also for longevity. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this interview format, it's our first interview, please let me know. Um, let me know how you thought about it and we can do maybe do more interviews in the future. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast today also, uh, I'd appreciate your support. I'm not asking for money, just asking for a go leave a review on Apple, on the iTunes podcast, and that's what helps the podcast grow. So thank you guys so much for listening, for listening and I'll hope to see you on the next episode.